0: Up Close with Carlos Sang, celebrating art, entertainment, and the human spirit. Good afternoon, welcome to another episode of Up Close with Carlos Sang. I'm Carlos, and today I am joined by the founder of Velvet Skin. He is also a recent fashion marketing graduate and a frequent contributor to fashion killer and speak out magazines he is also one of my f- closest friends mr joey de rosario so i really wanted to get stuck in and i really want to just firstly ask you what was it that made you want to start velvet skin
1: um so i decided to start velvet skin in my final year of uni um i basically because we had to do final major product projects um i decided to do you know mine on well to basically market a a beauty brand essentially so um (laughs) so I yeah I I've never properly thought about starting up a beauty brand but throughout uni I had this sort of love for um you know skincare and makeup and I just wanted to sort of play around with it a bit more and yeah so for my final major project I decided to you know, start a brand, and um, yeah, and then after uni, I took it forward. So yes,
0: amazing. Um, so for yourself personally, um, when did you first become interested in skincare? Like you know, developing a skincare routine and using moisturisers and face masks. Like when did that
1: first become interesting to you? Um, I would say probably in second year of uni um, is when I sort of. You know started watching youtube videos and i really wanted to sort of you know develop a, a skincare routine and you know start using things and taking care of myself in general um and then yeah and then ever since i've just been really interested in sort of like the science behind skincare and different formulations and how you know how skincare can be transformative as well as makeup so
0: yeah mm. that is interesting Um, So you describe yourself as a skin intellect. what does that mean?
1: So um, it's two words, skin, well yeah, skincare, (laughs) and then obviously intellectual, um, because yeah, I think you know by now that I'm, you know, when I talk about skincare, I am, well, if I say so myself, I'm quite knowledgeable about things, and I don't know, I just feel like I could sort of communicate you know better talking about skincare than actually in English so um yes yeah that's I think answers your question.
0: I see okay definitely um so uh, Velvet Skin has also been a very big driver for uh, inclusivity and diversity um how do you go about creating products that are really for everyone?
1: Um so for example, the first range of products I products I launched were um facial oils for every different skin type. So I try to keep uh you know a a focus on doing, you know, making products for everyone, no matter, you know, your skin type, age, gender, etc. Because beauty is uh you know, genderless and should be inclusive. So um, Yeah, I mean, in terms of product formulations, because everything everything we sell at Velvet Skin is uh, mostly oil-based, so I try to choose um, sort of base oils, which are, you know, known to um, sort of help, um, you know, all skin types. Like, for example, there's grapeseed oil, which is, you know, traditionally known as, to be, you know, good for all skin types. Um, so, yes, I try to go by that, really.
0: Uh, interesting. Um, so you most recently also launched the foaming shower oil and in the middle of a pandemic. Um, how much of a challenge was this compared to launching the facial oils?
1: Um. Actually, I felt like this launch was not as stressful actually compared to um the facial oil launch because I remember doing the facial oil launch just before Christmas uh in twenty nineteen I think and um we had to rush to really get all the batches done because obviously I was doing six facial oils, one of was it ten bottles of each so it was like sixty products which was quite a lot. <laughs> but um no I think because doing foaming showers during the pandemic had loads of time to sort of plan out what I wanted to do um and yeah it was just you know and just focusing on doing online sales uh really was easier compared to you know going to a market and you know doing all the logistics behind that uh so yeah in that sense I found it sort of easier launching in a pandemic um
0: yeah oh great Um, So around this time last year, you also started writing for Fashion Killer and you published an article on vanity in your self-care routine. Um, In the article, you wrote, uh, vain, I don't think so, and encouraged your readers to feel healthily vain about just how sane you are. So to ask the same question you asked, is self-care a manifestation of sanity or vanity?
1: Um, So I'd say... I'd say it's both because you kind of need, you know, you kind of need sanity to to be vain in a way. So um, I think, yeah, I think it's important to take care of yourself. So, you know, whether that is perceived as vanity or not, then, you know, that's really up to you. But if it, you know, if it feels good to you, then go for it. Um, but yeah, of course, I think you know, yeah, the main message behind beauty is vanity. I mean, everything we do is comes down to vanity, what we wear and everything, but that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be a bad thing, so, yes,
0: uh, do you think in the world of social media that we live in today that we've become more vain as well, and do you think that you know, um, with all of the different brands that are coming out that we are? propelling that further forwards making ourselves more and more vain Mm,
1: yes I I do personally (laughs) I do think you know because of the age of social media and influencers there is a pressure to always keep up with new brands new launches all these new products which I just think are so you know no one needs all these products I think you know you know, what we stand for velvet skin is minimalist dick products of sort of more, you know, what your skin needs instead of overloading it. So, yeah, in a sense, I do feel there is pressure to keep up with brands and things, but, you know, really you should, yeah, it's good to experiment with, you know, what your skin wants and needs. And if you want to try sort of going for loads and loads of products all at once, then fine. I mean, it's about testing and trying and seeing what works for you, really. So yeah. uh,
0: so earlier on in your writing career, I was just looking at your older blog, La Maison de la Fashionista, The Diary of a Fashionista. And oh, right. your writing style has certainly changed and evolved <laughs> in the years. Um, yeah. How do you feel your writing has changed? Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good question, actually. So I think, you know, rewind I don't know was it eight years nine years ago I think I sort of wrote with the style of being sort of critiquing and borderline sort of judgmental style of writing which did attract people to the blog and things like that and people You know, we're like, oh, yeah, he knows what he's talking about sort of thing. Like, oh, yeah, this is funny. I've sort of wanted to create a reaction in a way. But now I see, you know, writing, you know, that you want it to be sort of informative, but also, well, in terms of fashion killer writing, for example, um, it's sort of with the modern woman in mind. So, yeah, I have to sort of be not change my style but I'm more sort of chatty more sort of you know you can engage with the reader more um instead of like critiquing everything uh so yes in that way I think I've gone from being a sort of like commentator of you know fashion trends and beauty trends to sort of more I don't know a more sort of philosophical approach to beauty and writing in general
0: Yes, the writing has definitely uh, matured. Um, staying on um, La Maison de la Fashionista, um, you also actually described yourself on the blog as having the biggest fashion obsession known to man. Mm. Uh, do you feel this? Is, do you feel this is still true in any way?
1: I, I yeah, I actually don't <laughs> because it's so strange. I was actually thinking about that the other day. I. I sort of fell out of love with fashion. Um, I think because how it how it's changed so much over the past few years and how, you know, fashion shows aren't really, you know, because take Kanye West, for example, he's basically ruined this whole fashion world, <laughs> turning, you know, making us all, you know, dress in modern day slavery outfits of tracksuits and you know properly sort of there's no effort involved in you know what we wear anymore and that's been sort of transposed with other designers and the excitement that you know there's not not much couture anymore and that was all so special made to order pieces and you could watch the show and it would be so extravagant and people connected with it now i just don't find that unfortunately but anyway that's uh that's that isn't it
0: <laughs> absolutely there's definitely been this shift in ch- tastes um of course you were actually also a graduate in fashion marketing um yeah how do you say that that would actually that did that actually um help you in promoting your brand and what do you think was the most valuable thing you learned from doing your course
1: interesting question um so i'd say because midway through my fashion marketing de- degree, I sort of lost interest with fashion. <laughs> so um, really sort of going for Velvet Skin in the last year was actually, you know, almost like a sort of enlightening feeling because I was able to, you know, put what I learned from my degree into action and focus on branding and um you know marketing in general so uh yeah in that in that way I felt like you know I was able to use what I learned for something else but um yes in terms of the fashion aspect I don't know if I would use you know I mean maybe if I get a job in fashion marketing if a job so so exists uh yes maybe I would utilize it
0: (laughs) Um, so staying back onto fashion um on your social media pages you are often featured wearing a beret um, when did this how did this trend start for
1: you <laughs> so <laughs> yes this is true um i think it's i think it started well actually i think it started um when at school actually because mm. i would i'd like to uh, be known as wearing sort of sort of a mixture of like French fashion sort of inspired looks uh, and it was only until uni and like you know I had money that I could sort of like buy what I wanted to wear and try and express myself um, and yeah I just really like the look of a beret and you know it's great for days when you haven't washed your hair you can just stick it on and <laughs> and yeah I don't know it keeps you warm and it's just sort of stuck really I've got them in multiple colors red I've got them in one's got a veil (laughs) yeah so I've got all sorts
0: (laughs) oh wow okay um so um something our listeners might not know is that we did go to school together and we've known each other for a very long time yes um yes so did you ever imagine yourself at that time having your own brand in those days
1: Hmm. No, I, I never, ever thought really about beauty or skincare at school ever. I was sort of more into fashion. Um, well, as you know, so, um, yeah, I really didn't think about you know beauty or skincare I mean sure I would steal like my mum's products and try them on and things like that and then she'd be angry but (laughs) um but no I never ever thought about you know starting a business or uh, I never even thought you know uh, like a business you could start a business in beauty back in 2009 when we were in school or you know, you could become a YouTuber or you could become a blogger and earn money from it. I never even thought that would be, a, you know, a suitable means for a career. I always thought, oh, uh, yeah, i would become a journalist. Uh, and I still would like to become a journalist, maybe not in fashion, but in beauty. But, yeah, even that is tricky. But, um, no, never thought about p- pursuing beauty in 2009. 2010 or whatever
0: yeah it's you mentioned technology um and it is crazy how things have changed over the last 10 years um it's also been a very difficult 10 months of course for many many people around the world um how has lockdown and
1: the pandemic affected you personally um interesting so i'd say that during the first couple of lockdowns um They were actually, on the whole, okay. I found that I sort of developed a productivity pattern and I was able to keep myself motivated. It's just in this most recent lockdown that it's been a bit of a struggle with negative thoughts, but I'm sure everyone's finding that, and especially in January, which is obviously the most depressing month of the year. So, um, yeah, but on the whole, it is just about, you know, retraining your mindset and you know trying to keep going with whatever you feel you know whatever your goals are and um yeah and but at least you know the end is in sight and there's a vaccine approaching so that's you know exciting
0: absolutely it's very exciting and yeah hopefully we will all be vaccinated soon and return to some form of social normality normality um Uh, So I also want to ask you, um, you know, what do you most hope people will get from using velvet skin products?
1: So I just, you know, I'd love people to, you know, really take a step back and then sort of enjoy just the experience of using our products. Because one of our, you know, unique selling points was to be sort of affordable luxury. So, it's all about the experience. You know, we try to use, you, you know, really quite high quality packaging that's both sustainable um, but also quite easy to use. And um, You know, I want Velvet Skin products to be something you just, you know, gra- gravitate to naturally because they're really easy to incorporate into routines and um or you know, body routines, or in the shower, you know, you just pick up and use it. So, yes, that's 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 how I would say I'd like them to be used. Uh, yes. Yeah, so one of
0: Dove uh, Skin's values is also botanical. So a lot. So I think all of the products are vegan and they didn't contain any harsh chemicals. Um, why was it so important for you to have vegan products?
1: Um, I think because. Well, I'm not saying I've jumped on a trend, per se, but, I, you know, we have to be more climate conscious, especially, you know, it, it for the years ahead. And I do think... Absolutely. And I do... Yeah, exactly. And I do think, you know, um, using... You know, it's better to use products that, you know, contain ingredients designed for us and not tested on animals or not tested, you know, on mice or whatever it is. Um and I just think plant based ingredients are, you know, are very effective. Um uh, you know, I do like aromatherapy and I know some people will disagree with that and pe- some people will disagree with using essential oils and plant oils. Um but yeah I find you know i do see there's a sort of spiritual aspect of sort of how your skin and your body connects with plant oils so yes that's why i like using plant-based oils uh you obviously
0: have a lot of things going on with velvet skin but also with your writing with fashion killer and other online publications um where do you hope to see velvet skin in the next five years
1: or so Interesting question um well ideally I'd l- like to just continue with developing products and um, hopefully going to sell at more markets if the pandemic allows um and yeah eventually I just I don't know I I've sort of just I just want to see it grow and grow um I'm putting it on Etsy as well. So that's exciting. Um, and yeah, if it does turn into a full time career, then, you know, I'd be perfectly happy with that. hundred percent. So, yeah. Uh,
0: OK, so as a last question, you know, there's so many startups, so many young people starting their own businesses today. Um, what advice would you give to someone in their early 20s, in their late teens and starting their own business?
1: Mm, interesting question i'd say do your research number one a lot of research and i mean you know about everything about uh about how brexit will affect things you know how you know product formulations if they want to stop you know with skincare um packaging you have to, like, measure packaging, weigh packaging so you know what postage is going to be like. So, yeah, it's absolutely crucial to do thorough research. Um, and then I'd say you have to create a sort of balance between doing admin and then doing creative work because, for me, as a creative person, um, you know, admin admin is not something I want to particularly do. Uh, but if I sort of say, oh, if if you do this piece of, I don't know, you know, business admin, then you can reward yourself with some sort of creative, I don't know, social media content creation or something. And it sort of just, uh, you know, just makes the, you know, to-do list more satisfying. Um, so, yes, so, yes, that's another one. And also I would just say, you know, if you if you're not sure just do it just you know take the risk and go for it as scary as it may seem there's so much time uh to you know sort of what's the word what's that word not develop sort of you know like evolve evolve yes yeah um evolve on the you know the outside so once you've got something going you know internally let's say then you can you know work on you know yeah evolving on the outside so there's always time for that and you know as much as it might seem as a a bit of a race because there are so many brands and so many people doing handmade products you've got to stay true to you know your core belief and that's another one a, a key unique selling point is so important because you've got a sort of stand out really in a crowd of other competitors so yeah really go for something unique and yeah just always champion that all throughout your business journey that sounds amazing thank you very much for joining us today oh well thank you carl i
0: appreciate it